would turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6. We're going to start our reading there in Deuteronomy, chapter 6. We'll have a reading in verse 20. Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verse 20. You know, the Word of God tells us that when we get to heaven, there's going to be this new song to be sung. But I still believe in my heart and what I what I think, that it will still always be about the blood. That would be new to us. But I believe that we will never forsake in eternity to come. We will never forsake the praise and the honor of uh, lifting up our Lord because of the blood. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 20. When thy son askest thee and time to come, saying, What mean the testimonies, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord our God hath commanded you? Then thou shalt say unto thy son, We were Pharaoh's bondsmen in Egypt, and the Lord brought us up out of Egypt with a mighty hand, and the Lord showed signs and wonders great soil upon Egypt, upon Pharaoh, and upon all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from thence, that he might bring us in. Boy, I love that. He brought us out that he might bring us in, to give us the land which he sware unto our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our uh, good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is at this day. And it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God as he hath commanded us. Dear Heavenly Father, we, we pray today that you would be in our midst as Brother John spoke this morning and talked about from your word that what makes us special today has nothing to do with us. So Lord, I pray for that specialness today amongst your people. And Lord, we know that we can't manufacture that. There's nothing about us that makes us special except you being in our presence. So Lord, I pray you in our midst this morning. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that Satan be barred from this place, that God the Holy Spirit moves in our midst, that uh, he takes your word this morning and he applies it, presses it upon every heart and every soul and every mind. And Lord, you change us in your word this morning would be my prayer. Lord, as I've confessed to you how I've failed you, Lord, I pray a great convicting upon myself this morning that you change me by showing me who I truly am. And Lord, that you would drive me to repentance with your words. Bless us with your presence. It's in Jesus Christ's name I ask it. Amen. This passage of Scripture is coming off of when they were delivered out of Egyptian bondage. God's people were pulled out of Egyptian bondage. And see what happened in that is this. It's the title of the sermon. Deliverance and testimony. Deliverance and testimony. 
As I studied this passage of Scripture and this morning, the Lord really convicted me over this uh, passage of Scripture, something that I fail miserably in. And we even see it, and I'm going to apologize to you for it this morning as your pastor. We, had a, uh, we have a bulletin, and it'll have a prayer request in it. And we go through all these prayer requests, and eventually you can work yourself off that prayer request. After so long, no one knows anything about it. They just take you off of it. Is that truly the way it should be? Or maybe even in our own prayer life we get ourselves into a bind or it's just something that happens in this world because we're not, uh, this is not our homeland. You know, we're just pilgrims and somehow this world comes down upon us just because uh, the rain uh, rains on the righteous as the uh, unrighteous and the unjust. And maybe it's just the way the world comes upon us and man, we get in prayer for Lord to deliver us out of that bondage of this oppression that is upon us and once we're delivered out of it, we never say anything else. We just drop it and move on to the next problem to ask God to deliver us from. Is that right? Now I was raised in a home, if you were given something, you showed appreciation whether you liked it or not. Right? You didn't have to like it. You'd get your face slapped or your head slapped or your back slapped. You, didn't, you looked at something like, my goodness, what is this? That didn't go over well. And it is good manner someone to give you something, whether you like it or not, to act like you love it. Amen? That's just the right thing to do. But I noticed in my own prayer life that if something comes up and I fail in praying for myself, which is a sin, because that makes it seem like I've got it all under control, but if I do start praying about something that so often once the prayer's been answered, I just drop it and move on to the next problem. Deliverance, but no testimony. Something's wrong in that. I failed you as your pastor in that, not bringing that out. And I'm going to work on that. We're going to start at Calvary Baptist Church because I believe that everyone sitting here, and I looked this morning once everybody got seated through our song service, I saw several people that maybe be uh, suffering illnesses that are here today. Someone in the same shape there may not be able to. We've prayed for that individual. Then we've seen new life come into the world from the womb. How much testimony have we given of all those blessings? I saw four or five people that I've seen that God has blessed this week. And I failed to testify to him of it. Sad, isn't it? Then I got even, I carried it even farther. And I thought, you know, through this passage of Scripture that we've read and one that we're going to pick up on in uh, verses 6 and 7. Just look over there in chapter 6, verse uh, 6. And I want to read this passage to you. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and thou shalt talk of them when thou settest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. I wonder within this room today of this deliverance and testimony, how many of us, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to challenge you to correct it if you haven't, because I'm going to. I wonder how many of us have taken a grandchild or a child and set them down. It doesn't matter at the age when they understand, no. 
have set them down and say, let me tell you something, son. Let me tell you something, daughter. Let me tell you about how I was in bondage. But let me tell you the testimony of what Jesus done within me. Our children and our grandchildren should know the redemption of Christ in our life. They should be able to stand in front of a crowd as we are and give your testimony. If we forsook that, we forsook it all. Correct it this week, Calvary. And I see in this passage of Scripture, uh, you know, it says that they were, uh, the Israelites were in bondage and they were in need of deliverance. Praise God, that's the work my God works at. He's a deliverer. And they were in need of deliverance. And I'm going to tell you today, with them in that Egyptian bondage, we see that same bondage upon America today. This world is still in need of deliverance of the Lord Jesus Christ. We see today the bondage of perversion and drugs and alcohol, the bondage of greed, the bondage of just selfishness within our lives. And in this passage of Scripture, every Israelite was commanded to bear testimony to their children of all that their Lord had done. Well, I need y'all to pray for me. My old back's messed up. Next week you see me walk in here. And I'm walking fine and not one time to say, Lord, thank you for getting rid of that on me. We move on to the next problem and just hand in the problems and never show any gratitude for it. Oh, that's bad, isn't it? Maybe I'm the only one in here like that. But you can just look at me bad today. Something's wrong in that. You know, our country is having great problems within our school systems, the way children act. It's not hard to see. we got problems in our streets today. There's problems today with the youth of our generation. But you know the true problem, I mean the root of that problem isn't the young people. It's those whom God charged with raising them is the problem. Maybe enough of that deliverance that the Lord has shown us. Maybe we didn't put enough testimony to it. And tell them what God had done. We're missing in America what the sixth chapter of this book is telling us to do in the home. The American home is not telling our children of all that God has delivered us from. How will they learn it without you telling it? Where's our testimony today of what the Lord has done? And I'm going to tell you why some of the problem is, and we get so caught up in this world, part of the reason is why uh, that this is missing in our home is because America doesn't truly realize that we need deliverance. Well, both of us are working. We get the paycheck every Friday. We got two new cars out here. We got air conditioner. Boy, it's been nice. Glad I can turn it off. This weather cooling off. Man, I'm just doing good. No, you're not. Today in my life and in your life, there is still a deliverance needed in the things that oppress us. Many will talk about 
America needing help. But we don't live like we need it. Well, it's easy to talk about it. So let's look at what's being told here in this passage of God's Word. Look there with me in verse 21. It says, Then thou shalt say unto thy son, We were Pharaoh's bondsmen in Egypt. We were Pharaoh's bondsmen. To understand what's being told here, we must understand what Pharaoh was. Pharaoh was this thankless, loveless master who brought burden and who brought oppression upon all those under his control. And I'm going to tell you that's just who Satan is today. He will bring you down. He will uh, put oppression in your life. He seeks to destroy you, to devour you. And yet we don't feel that we need any deliverance. And the wonderful thing about God's Word is that when it shows us defeat, let me tell you something about this oppression and this uh, burden that is placed upon us because of sin and Satan. The wonderful thing about God's Word is that when it shows us defeat, when God's people have been disappointed, when God's people are burdened, it always gives us a plan to overcome them. See, God always gives us hope. The Lord is standing there with a hope. So how can America, so how can a Europe, how can this entire world today be uh, delivered? How can we overcome? Look what it says. I'm going to show you. It's pretty simple. Verse 21. Then thou shalt say unto thy son, We were Pharaoh's bondsmen in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt. That's it. It's the Lord who will bring us out of bondage. It is the Lord God who will bring us out. That's the very answer. It will not, uh, this next election will not turn America around. It will not come by our own reasoning, our own thinking, putting the certain people on the Supreme Court, nor will it come of our own works. It will only come when God's people start allowing God to lead us, direct us. God is the answer for America to turn us around. Salvation, deliverance, redemption is the Lord, not us. That's it. Oh, I'm not very smart, but I got it. I got it. It's time for God's people to start acting and living like we truly do belong to a Jehovah. So as a child of God, we will say, how can we do anything? Or what can I do? Well, I'm going to tell you what. If you start truly loving America for the nation that she is, have you ever really felt, man, I'm pretty helpless in this? Because of all the sorrow and all the concern that we have upon America, what am I to do? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do any, play any part in getting America turned around? What can I do? How can I bring my family back together? How can I bring peace and uh, commitment to uh, work? How can I change anything? Well, verse 21 is pretty simple again. Look there with me. Thou shalt say unto thy son, We were Pharaoh's bondsmen in Egypt. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt. How did He do it? With a mighty hand. Praise God. 
Listen to that. Is that not powerful? How was they brought out of all this, uh, the deliverance of this slavery that they'd been in for hundreds of years? How did they come out? With a mighty hand of God. That's how they come out. That's how they was delivered. You see, it wasn't the people's hand that brought them out. No, it was God's mighty hand. And I said that to say this. When our great and all-powerful God bears forth His holy arm to set people free of their enemy, who will stand against that one? When God sets forth His hand to move God's people into a deliverance, who will stand in front of that? What, a, what power could ever prevail against my God? Then I start thinking about my prayer life. Lord, I'm into, I'm into this deliverance. I'm under this oppression. I wonder how often I have actually been guilty of praying weak-hearted. Well, Lord, you know how bad it is. I don't know if we'll ever get out of it. I don't know what I'm going to do. Just going to have to have you intervene in it. Kind of half-hearted, isn't it? Maybe if I started out saying, Lord, I've failed you. I deserve everything that's on me right now and more. Any sickness I have, any difficulties I'm having, I deserve them. But you love me so much. I know that you do. You've proved that on Golgotha with the death. Then you proved it with the burial and the resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ. That your grace is sufficient. All I'm going to ask for in this, that I will not embarrass you. That I'll stand strong in the face of all difficulties. And I'm going to grab a hold to that mighty, all-powerful hand. And I'm going to allow you to Push me through and I'll hold my head up and depend on you in it. I think that's it. Man, I've stumbled against the only truth right here. I don't guess I've ever seen. I don't guess I've ever heard that God get me out of anything. I don't think I've ever heard that God can deliver me from whatever's in front of me. Of course I have. Just not allowed it. I believe I've walked in before, try to go into a throne room, dragging my legs and my lip, and walk in there and act all pitiful me before an almighty God to do anything that He wants to do. It's time for us as God's people to start standing strong and be boastful about who our God is. And walk into that throne room and say, Lord, I'm guilty. You know that I am. You love me and I love you and I'm just going to depend on you in it and your mighty hand will deliver me out of it. But when it does, I'll stand up and I will testify of how great of God you are. Just give me the deliverance so I can testify of what you've done. Well, we forgot that testimony, haven't we? Just do that to the side. We as God's people need to clean up our lives by repenting and be obedient. And then and only then will God start cleaning up our land. Don't ask for cleanliness if you won't clean up your house. But this passage always tells us uh, that deliverance was wonderful. Not only is it just deliverance to get me out of it, it's going to be wonderful when I come out of it. Look in verse 22. 
And the Lord showed signs and wonders. So not only is He going to deliver me out of it, not only is He going to use His mighty hand, what's going to happen in this, He's fixing to show me signs and wonders when He gets me out of it. You see, it wasn't the people's hand that brought them out. It was the hand of God. It was His hand that brought them out. And He shows them signs and wonders. You remember the story in the book of Exodus is, uh, the Israelites were coming out of Egyptian bondage. Not only were there signs of God who was going to deliver them, but God also showed them wonders. Remember that? You know, they woke up and there sets the Red Sea before them. The Red Sea is sitting here before them and everybody starts to doubt. See, they've doubted that mighty hand, Brother Joey. See, God didn't even lose his hand in that. He just blowed his nose. He just blowed his nose and that, and he didn't ever pick up his mighty hand to deliver him across the Red Sea. He just blew his nose. And as he got up on that Red Sea, uh, he commanded Moses uh, to stand out there, and then God uh, opened up that Red Sea. They crossed it on dry ground. He gave them signs of how he was going to deliver them. He gave them rock from water, um, water from a rock, manna, quail. Miracle after miracle, wonder after wonder. Many will say, we don't get to see those great wonders any longer. Oh, but we do. The reason you're not seeing them, you're not spending enough time in God's Word to be shown. I've, I've seen more miracles than Moses ever saw. Because I got to look at his life and the other great women and men of the Word of God. But I'm going to say this. Not only that. Every time we have an opportunity to see in a person accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that, my friend, is the greatest supernatural work ever. If my Lord would never have parted the Red Sea, although He did, and if He had never commanded water to come from a rock, although He did, nor if He had ever healed the first blind man in which He did or the first cripple, I would still have praise within my heart for eternity to glorify Him for my salvation. If I'd never seen the Smoky Mountains, Rocky Mountains, if I'd never seen the Pacific or the Atlantic, or if I've ever seen an island in all of its splendor, None of them match what Jesus done for me in Dallas County. But I also want you to see that God's deliverance was complete deliverance. It was complete deliverance. Look there in verse 21. Then thou shalt say unto thy son, We were Pharaoh's bondsmen in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with his mighty hand. Didn't say he brought them halfway. Didn't say I just about got you out of Egypt. Didn't say I moved you out to the suburbs and walked off. Didn't say I almost got you out. Or will I carry you halfway and then leave you? No, God got them all the way out. You see that? All the way. You see, the reason that God has to do that. See, because God can't do anything halfway. It's impossible. 
God being a perfect uh, a God, all He can do is all the way. And that's what He done. He got them all the way out. Our God doesn't do anything halfway. So many times God gets us out of trouble and just before, just before we are completely delivered it, we will look at God and say, alright, you get out of the way and I'll finish it up. I'll take the homeward stretch. We've come around the curve. You stand back, God, and let me have the rest of it. If today you haven't been totally delivered by something, by God's mighty hand, it's because you said, I intend to it from now, God. You said, I I got the rest of it. Our God will totally deliver us every time from oppression. You say, well, I see people die all the time. Sure you do. Well, how do you say they delivered he has in front of the body, present with the Lord. I figure they're delivered as much as you can get. It's the mindset of the way we pray. But man, do we not miss that testimony? The testimony of what He's done in our lives. If we will just simply allow the Lord to completely deliver us. You know, that's what he wants to do. But also I see in there this passage that God's deliverance comes with judgments. Look there in verse 22. The Lord showed signs and wonders great and sore upon Egypt, upon Pharaoh and upon all his house before our eyes. See, there's judgments that come with it. If you sit around and believe Satan and let him tell you that there's no repercussion for sin, you're headed for a great downfall. Well, it wasn't much to it. But you'll see what the judgment is of it. There's always repercussions of sin. I fear America today is going to have to learn this the very hard way, just as old Egypt did. But you see, I see that God's deliverance is always twofold. Look there in verse 23. And He brought us out from thence that He might bring us in. Whoa, you see there's two things happen there. He brought us out to bring us in. He brought us out to bring us in. You see that God took them out of Egypt that He may carry them to Canaan. To the promised land. And if you, uh, as you study the Word of God, you'll find... That when God brings His children out of hardship, when He gets them out of difficulties, when He removes sorrows, that once God has delivered His people, He will always put us in a better place than where we started in the hardship. It's going to make it better on the back side than it was on the front side. It's always better. And it's the same in our salvation today. You know, it's by God's grace through Jesus Christ, salvation removes us from bondage, poverty, and places us into liberty and wealth of sonship. Out of weakness of our self-efforts unto the power of God the Holy Spirit moving in our lives. Now with all that being said about deliverance, there's some responsibilities of the ones that's been delivered. Don't think that God's going to remove all the oppression and move all the difficulties and then just leave you to your own self to get right back into it. No, see, there's some responsibilities that we have. Look there in verse 24. 
And the Lord commanded us to do all statutes, to fear the Lord our God. You know why you're to obey the statutes, the commands of God? Because you fear Him. You know why you don't? Because you don't fear Him. That's really it. Well, I know that's right, but I'm going to do it anyway. Same principle as a child. There's a lot of things that I didn't do. As, I've done a lot of bad things, don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of things I didn't do because I knew what was fixing to happen when I got to the house. Because I was fearful of what was going to happen once I'd done this. You know, a way to cost. Now, there were some times I said, well, you know what? I know what's going to happen when I do it, but I want to do it so bad I'm going to do it anyway. I'll just take the repercussions of it. I'm going to tell you, we don't need to live our lives like that before a holy, righteous God. I know that it's wrong, but I'm going to do it anyway. Isn't that tempting the Lord thy God? Of course it is. I believe today in America we've quit fearing God. He's become a punchline in our newspapers and on sitcoms. Do you believe this? It will not go without judgment. Just because you didn't get it today don't mean that it isn't coming. Did you see that fearing the Lord is it's not what's good for God for us to fear Him. Do you see because God doesn't need us. No, it's good for me. It's good for me. Verse 24 tells me that to do what God has said for me to do is always the best. Look there in verse 25 with me. And it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God as He hath commanded us. We're told in the Word that if we will love, if we love God, you know there's a result of loving God. You know what it is? I'm going to tell you where you stand with God today in your personal life. If you love God, you obey His commandments. So if you don't obey His commandments, there's a love problem and it ain't on God's side. It's on yours. See, those that truly love the Lord their God will obey His commandments. You see, our righteousness is with God in our our life depends upon, upon our walk with Him. How much in the light of His Word will we live in it? Pretty clear verse that stood out to me in this past, as we went through this that stuck out to me this morning. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. How much testimony do you put with the deliverance that God has given you? If we fail in the mornings to wake up and just thank Jesus for saving us, something's wrong. 
If we fail to tell our loved ones about Jesus saving us, something's wrong. We're missing it in the testimony of all that God has done. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would lay upon my conscience today and upon my heart, upon my soul, a heart of thanksgiving to you. And Lord, I know that I can't walk righteously any other way but walk beside you. Lord, if I stray from that, it turns to sin. So Lord, we need your presence in our lives. We need your presence today in your church. That you would move in our midst. And Lord, that you would give us a thankful heart. Impress upon us about our testimony of all that you've done. I'm thankful today that you will. You desire to take all of our problems and all of our needs. Boy, Lord, I know that you need, you want and command our gratitude in it. Help us to be a thankful people of all that you've given. It's in Jesus Christ's name I ask it. Amen. I'm going to ask everyone to stand, all heads bowed.